Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. So here's today's case study for you. As they say, it's another true story that is ripped from the headlines. There is a youngster who is a high school junior in a school district out in the St. Louis area who loves playing soccer. According to, to him and his parents, He just loves the sport, and he loves playing it. And last year, as a sophomore, he played on a school's JV team, and by all accounts, he was one of the team's leading scorers. But this year, when he tried out for the varsity, there were 40 kids who tried out for 24 roster spots, and uh, the youngster did not make the cut to the varsity. The head varsity coach praised him, also noted that he lacked some technical skills as a player. And I should point out that the coach did his best to say some nice things about the, about the kid, but it was clear from his comments that the coach felt there were other players who were more talented, and those kids made the team. So the youngster was, of course, disappointed uh, that he didn't make the high school varsity, but since he loved playing soccer, he just assumed that even though he was a junior, he'd just go back and play another year on the JV team where he would have a chance to improve his skills some more and then try out for the varsity next year. But that wasn't to be. The coach told the boy's dad that whereas in the past, juniors had been allowed to play in the JV team, this year the coach decided to change his policy. And he said, why? Well, because according to this coach, last year there had been four juniors on the JV squad, and apparently their parents consistently complained to the coach about their son's lack of playing time. And as a result, the coach wanted to avoid that kind of aggravation again this season, and thus he decided not to allow any more juniors to be on the JV team. Now, this decision absolutely infuriated this youngster's parents. By the way, neither the parents nor the boy are identified in what became a federal lawsuit although I would assume that everybody in this hometown, in his hometown, know who this kid is and who his parents are. But in the lawsuit that the parents filed, they alleged everything from age discrimination to their son's civil rights being violated. That's right. This became a lawsuit, a major lawsuit, again, out in the uh, St. Louis area. In supporting the coach, the school officials said that, well, if they continue to allow juniors to play in the junior varsity team, who are these kids are juniors, they're presumably bigger and stronger than the freshmen or sophomores who are trying out for the JV, that in effect the school will be discouraging and impeding the development of the younger players. Now that policy, as you might imagine, didn't make the parents, the kids' parents any happier. All right, let me, let me just uh, stop this, this case study at this point because I'm curious to get your thoughts, and of course we'll take your calls about what, at one eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. I'm curious to know what do you think happened in this lawsuit? It just came to a head uh, a couple of weeks ago, and as I mentioned, it landed in front of a U.S. district court judge out in Missouri. 
what do you think he did here? Did he think he, he, he sided with the parents, that this was some sort of capricious and, and uh, uh, arbitrary decision by the coach and the school to say, uh-uh, we've allowed juniors to play on the JV so- a boys' soccer team in the past, but not anymore, not this year. Did he go with them, or did he said, no, you know what, uh, to the parents, I don't think your kid has a case here. I'm sorry he's not playing. He didn't make the varsity team, but uh, he's not going to have a chance to play the JV team again. What do you think happened here? I mean, I, I, <laughs> I just think it's, uh, in many ways, this case is so, so symptomatic or emblematic of, of what we've come to in terms of youth sports these days uh, and, and parents getting involved. Uh, I will give you a hint. Again, this lawsuit was generated by the kids' parents who felt strongly that their son, uh, who was, by all accounts, according to the coach, on the bubble of making a 24-man varsity soccer team, was not being treated fairly by the coach and the kids' high school. Um, you know, this is, this, is, this is, in many ways, as I said, it seems to me this is representative of what we have now when parents feel their kids been wronged and, and obviously feel, okay, uh, I'm going to complain to the coach, complain to the school, I'm just going to then file a lawsuit and see how this plays out. One eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Let's start our conversation uh, this morning with Chris in New York. Chris, good morning. You're on the fan. Hey, how are you? Good, Chris. What do, what do you think happened here? What do you think was the I, the, the verdict? I think it's I think it's symbolic of a, of a litigious society that we live in, and it's awful. You know, the kid got cut from the team. You got cut from the team. That's it. You got <laughs> cut. You didn't make the cut. Yep. Your parents got to sue. Yeah. Grow up. I mean, <laughs> grow up. <laughs> Well, you know, we live, and Chris, you're right. I mean, we live in a time uh, and a society where parents are litigious, and uh, clearly they felt that there was their obligation to their son to protest what went on here. Uh, and, uh, you know, they asked for anonymity in the lawsuit. That's why I'm not giving the kid's name or the parent's name. Although, as I said, I'm sure everybody in the kid's you know, high school in town knows who the youngster is. But to your point, the parents said, no, we're going to fight back. And... Um, you know, this is this is what happens these days. And you can imagine how much time, energy, and effort uh, the school had to go into to defend this uh, the coach's actions. Yeah, tax dollars, and the other side of it is there are private clubs that that kid could play in. Yes, right. There's plenty That's of private right. clubs out there. He doesn't have to play for the school. I and hear. a lot of times, better players don't play for the school. They play for the private private clubs. I, I Chris, uh, I, I I agree with you 100 percent that the, the the good news in this there are so many outside travel clubs or club teams that if a kid doesn't uh, make the uh, doesn't agree with the the varsity coach's uh, decision. You go play someplace else. Especially if you want to keep playing soccer, you love the sport. In the long run, it doesn't really make much difference these days whether you're playing in your high school varsity or playing an outside team, as long as you have an opportunity to play. Now, again, and Chris, thank you for the call this morning. You know, 20 years ago, uh, outside travel teams weren't that well established, but nowadays they are. Anyway, I just before we get to the calls, as you might have figured out from Chris's reaction, the the the, the judge, the federal judge said, "Look, here's the deal: um, being able to make a team uh, in in school uh, that is not a, a right; that is a privilege." And basically, he dismissed the, the lawsuit, saying, in effect, that we don't want to, as the as a federal court, we don't want to get involved in who makes a high school uh, soccer team and who doesn't. But again, he came back to a maxim, which we've talked about many times in the show. Being on a school team is not something that is a guaranteed right for any youngster, boy or girl. It is a privilege. And in this particular case, the school had the reasons why they wanted to move on and say, so the, so the kid, 
Unfortunately, I, I feel for the youngster because obviously he has a great passion for the sport. But the fact of the matter is, you know, he played two years in the JV. He got to the point where, okay, you got to progress up the ladder to the varsity. He didn't make the varsity and looks around and says, well, I'll go back and play the JV. And the coach said, no, that's not going to happen. So the kid says, well, I'm, I'm, I'm being disenfranchised. You're not giving me a chance to keep playing my, my sport. And the coach said, I'm sorry. And that's what happened. And of course, the parents intervened and filed the lawsuit. But the judge said, "No, that's we're just gonna we're not gonna we're not gonna take that extra step and guarantee a kid a chance to play in a team." It just it's again it comes back to the point of being a privilege, not a right. Let's go. Uh, let's go to Ryan over in New Jersey. Ryan, good morning. You're on the fan. Hi. Good morning. Um, as a, uh, I'm a I'm a high school coach as well, and I I think what I see is is. Like the last caller said, you know, a lot of these club teams are getting way too much involved. And, you know, when they're younger, um, these parents are paying thousands of dollars to go to these club teams. And these club teams are taking these kids, you know, strictly for the money. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're putting them on these C, D, E, F teams. And uh, by the time they get into high school, um, you know, honestly, they're, they're, they think they're better than they are. And yes. the sense of entitlement. Um, from the parents is just amazing, and I, I don't understand. And, and they don't they don't understand. Oh, I didn't make the team, but I've been playing all these for these club teams. I'm good, and it's and it's not really and it's, and it's not that way at all. And I just think the sense of entitlement is uh, is just too much, and it, it's it's getting out of hand. Well, Ryan, I, I'm glad you brought up that the e word entitlement because that the base of this lawsuit that's what it's all about. And to your point, yes. If there's so many, there's such a surplus of travel teams and club teams these days, which we've talked about for years, these are for-profit operations. So if mom and dad are paying for the kid to be in a travel team, obviously the travel team coach is going to start to pump up the kid's ego and say, look, you're doing great, you're fine, but not really getting a sense of just how that kid stacks up against other players on his high school team and sure enough, as a kid comes back to try for the varsity, he sees all these other kids who played on other outside travel teams. The next thing you know, you know, the kid gets cut. You know, the kid goes back to the parents. Parents go back to the kid's travel coach. And kid, travel coach says, no, the kid's great. I don't understand. It must, be, it must be the problem with the high school varsity coach. You know, he or she exactly. doesn't know what they're talking about. And, I mean, it's just, it, it's disappointment. It's a lose-lose all around. But, again, as you point out, Ryan, it's all about entitlement. The parents say, look, my kid should make the team. He's, he's good. He's entitled to make the team. And in this case, the parents are saying, well, he's entitled to be back, go back in the JV again. And the, the exactly. coach said, and, it's not going to happen. So, Yeah, I'm sorry. I just want to clear the quick point. And, yeah. um, it's hard to build a program because, you know, these kids, when they get in high school, they, they've never really played together. And, and that's, that's the sad part because the best way to build a program is – making sure these kids have played together since they were young, at a young age. And when they get into high school, most of them never even play together because they're playing in all these different club teams. That's... And when they get into high school, it's the first time they've all played together, and it's like, what, how did this happen? Well, not only, um, that, but not only is that true, and, and Ryan, thank you for the call, not only uh, is that true, but the fact is that since the kids come together for the first time and they now see just how they stack up, you know, in terms of ability with their peers, it can be a really sobering, eye-opening realization that, well, I was a star in my travel team, but as Ryan said, you know, these travel teams come in different tiers. All of a sudden, you know, a kid says, well, I thought I was really good, but turns out there are other kids who are much better than I am playing on different teams. But I didn't know that until I, we tried out for the high school varsity. It is part of the 
residue of the travel team mentality we have today. And again, it all filters back to that word of entitlement. In this case, the parents said, well, you know, uh, my kid should be entitled to play in the school JV. It's bad enough he didn't make the varsity, but he's entitled to be on the JV. And quite frankly, we're going to file a lawsuit to prove our point. It's just amazing how this is all beginning to play out. All right, let me, let me take a pause. Uh, when I come back, I'll go right back to the phone lines at one 337 6666 First, we've got some commercial messages. Dave has your update. I'll be back. Stay with me. And back here on the Sports Edge, we're talking this morning about the rights of a high school athletic program and their coaches to decide who makes the varsity team and if a junior should be allowed to play on the JV. Now, this stems from a lawsuit out in the St. Louis area where a kid who was a soccer player played JV his freshman and sophomore year, tried out for the varsity this year in the fall, did not make the team, and just as soon you go back and play on the JV again as a junior, because that had been the past history in that particular school district, uh, and the kid was told, no, we're not taking any more uh, juniors on JV again because the coach said in the years past there have been too many complaints from parents of juniors on the JV about their lack of playing time. So the coach said, that's it, I'm not doing it anymore. Kids' parents filed a lawsuit, uh, and the, the, uh, the federal judge out in the St. Louis area said, no, that's not going to go down, uh, saying first and foremost it's not the rule of the court to decide who makes a school team and who doesn't. In addition, the judge reemphasized that playing on a school team is not a right uh, but a privilege. Uh, now, you know, that may seem obvious to a lot of us, but too often that simple reality is, is overlooked. That's why school teams have tryouts. And if your son or daughter doesn't make the varsity, that doesn't guarantee him or her a spot back on the JV. Again, even if your kid played G- JV the last two years. Why? Because there are other rising kids who want the opportunity to play on the JV as a freshman or a sophomore, and it's not fair to them to deprive them of a chance to play on that team if the roster is carrying a bunch of juniors, because juniors obviously are more experienced, bigger, stronger, whatever. As any coach would tell you, if you don't develop your freshmen and sophomores, you know, well, you're just, you're just discouraging the development of your younger, younger talent. one 337 6666 I'm getting your thoughts and comments about this. Uh, next up is uh, Joe and Bayside. Joe, good morning. You're on the fan. Hey, good morning, uh, Joe. You know, uh, it, it's it's a touchy thing until it's your kid, until it's your kid that's involved. In, and, you know, I, I was involved in something like that. Yep. I'm not as far as going to a lawsuit, but, you know, I coached my kid and I was involved in my kid's development as a, as a softball player. And then she went to a, you know, a public school, a private school out here that I had to pay for. And, you know, the roster wasn't that big. And there was a couple of kids that I, you know, I, I personally know, and they were on travel teams, and they were very good. Mm-hmm. But this team, politically, they had their own team set. You know, they had their freshman set. The, 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 the parents were in the, the guild club. This was, this parent was involved with the school. And you know what? The day that they had the, the, the uh, tryouts for the team, uh, they never told these girls to get their medical cards, and the, and the medical cards had to be in prior to the, the practices and stuff like that. They cut them from the team because their medical cards weren't in, and, and, and I, I was one of the parents that got really annoyed because I told us, I had this medical card in three weeks prior to school starting, and you as a coach, and you know these people were trying out, you should have gotten their medical cards and let them try out. Point, point is, they never even let them try out because it was just a political 
thing because uh, their parents weren't involved with the school. So and, and I know, like, the, 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 as far as the lawsuit out there, they, they went a little too far with it. But it does, you don't know how it feels until it, it becomes your kid that's involved. Well, Joe, uh, I, I hear you loud and clear. Obviously, that's why we do have parents get so emotionally upset and involved. In this particular case with you uh, and your child, I mean, that's that's really kind of frightening that uh, obviously the kids needed to have their medical uh, permission cards to, to play and try out. And you're saying that the school didn't let the kids know that weeks ahead of time, and as a result, they weren't allowed to try out. Is that correct? A hundred percent. I I was I was so I was as pissed off as them because I'll tell you why. I know these kids personally, and they were they're excellent players. They were they were really really you know they're really good players. But for them not to get the shot to play, oh, I, and, the, and the coach and the coach using that as a as a as a as a, as a, as a thing because they had their roster full. Well, Before the tryouts. I mean, it's that, in, let me just stop you there because I, I think it's pretty clear that any coach worth his or her salt would say, well, these are kids who obviously have some abilities. And just to say, well, the fact is, um, you know, one, we have a pretty complete team. And two, you didn't get your medical cards in time. So that's one of the reasons why we're going to cut you. That's kind of short sighted and obviously very, very unfair. Um, I'm sure there, the, there are other factors involved in all this. But to your point, Joe, uh, yeah, coaches. You know, in this particular case, and Joe, thank, thanks for, for calling this morning. You know, there, there are, and this coach out in St. Louis did say nice things about the kid he cut, but he also told him, you're just not as good. You're in the bubble. You know, I have other kids who are better than you are. In Joe's case, it sounds like the coach was using as an excuse that, well, you didn't get your medical papers in on time, and that's going to reason why I'm going to let you go. That doesn't sound right at all, and it sounds unfair at the very least. And I can see why Joe is. Uh, and probably other parents are very, very upset with that process. Let's move on. Let's go to uh, let's go to a Jack, uh, Jack Smithland. Jack, good morning. How are you? How are you, Rick? I'm doing um, okay. Jack, you... Where, where, where do you come up with these things and find these things? These are amazing. I mean, what do you Google crazyparents.com <laughs> or something? I mean, there, there's, there's a few things wrong with this, in my opinion, after all those years of coaching, and I don't want to even mention how many years anymore, but... Um, a couple of things. First of all, the parents are completely out of their mind. Do these parents ever think of their kids? Do they ever think about the repercussions to what it's going to do to their kid by doing something like this? I mean, <laughs> no, obviously I, I, they I, don't. I, I mean, they... you know, in my school, I have this program, and you know it very well because we've discussed it. It's a it's a life lesson program, and I give my kids a little card, and the little card says this. Think before you act and think before you speak. And what you should think about are the consequences to what you're going to say or do. Every parent in the world that plays, has a kid that plays a sport or even anything should have one of these cards. Correct. Because they don't think. They don't think. And this kid's going to have to live with this. I have one thing wrong about what the coach did. Okay? And mm-hmm. that's and after coaching... He should have never made it about other kids. He should have never mentioned about other parents complained of my junior, so I don't. That should not have been any part of the reason. The reason should have been, listen, I have younger kids, just like you said, Rick, two seconds ago. You have, I have kids that are developing that are probably close to your level right now that will advance at a higher level most likely because they have an extra year or two to develop. Also, and to the parent, this crazy parent who sued, you know what? 
you don't have the right to play. You have the right to try out, and then it becomes my decision. If you don't like that, then definitely remove your kid from, from any type of organized sport because it comes down to a coach's decision, all right? And that's it. But the point about suing, the point about not thinking about, I mean, that kid, what we talked about, a, month, a couple of months back about the baseball, about the mother who hired the plane. Did she think about what it was going to do to her son? I mean, come on, start thinking, parents. I mean, I've been, co- like I said, I'll, I'll say how many years. I coached for 42 years, yeah. and I'm still coaching. And it just amazes me that there are crazy people out there that don't think. Well, and you know what? The coach made one mistake, and he has every right in the world. Don't ever involve another person in a decision to get rid of a kid or cut a kid. Because when he opened it up and said that I'm not allowing juniors because the parents complain, yep. I'll guarantee yep. you that was one of the things that really got those parents upset. That oh, food. I, but, I'm still, sure, Jack. I mean, I, that's uh, first of all, everything you said obviously is right on target because. Yeah, I mean, and one of the things you said early on, which I think is something that's lost in the shuffle here, is that the fact that, the, look, this kid goes to high school there, he, the, the parents and he, the kid, uh, the community, uh, and everybody knows that, you know, this kid is now sort of uh, reputation Mark. is tarnished because his parents, you know, the kid's parents sued to make sure the kid can play on the JV team. I mean, it's just, it's just bizarre, and as I mentioned also, you know, at least there are outside programs these days, travel programs, where if the kid wants to continue to play his sport, he can go do that. Right. So, all right, I'm sorry that the coach didn't have room for you on the JV or the varsity, but you can you get past that hurdle, you move on and keep playing. But to file a federal lawsuit, I mean, and really? You know what? One, one other thing you said, Rick, at the beginning was that the kid wanted to play because he had a passion to play. Yes. Well, was it important that he played for his high school? Like you said, there's so many other opportunities out there that he could have taken. But to do something like this, you know, I mean, what you're doing is marking the school. You're marking your kid. Come on. Well, think, it's, parents. It's, think. it's not. Yeah, Jack. Hey, Jack, thanks for the call. As always, uh, you're good more to hear welcome. From you. Take care. And, and you know, the, the, the point is, we mentioned this as well. This is a nuisance situation for the law, so school. Maybe the parents' motivation was to annoy and irritate the school because they have to go defend this and they have to get the coach to go to court. I mean, really? Is that what you're trying to do here? I mean, just as a payback? I don't get this. Oh, let's move on. Uh, Kathy is calling from New York. Kathy, good morning. You're on the fan. Hi, good morning. Yes, First Kathy. Yes, go ahead. So I have a few points I want to make out. Our high school tends to pull up eighth graders okay. to play on the freshman team. Mm-hmm. And then you have sophomores and juniors on JV. And then, you know, seniors and juniors on varsity. Right. Sometimes they even pull up sophomores to the varsity. Correct. And then they'll cut juniors. And I feel bad for the juniors sitting at home when you've got eighth graders playing on a high school team. Mm-hmm. That's one point. And second, the previous caller who said it should not have been about past kids and parents. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. It be on a case-by-case basis. You can't that this kid's family is going to be a nuisance because prior families have been. And then when you talk about the outside programs, they cost so much money that you pay all your money for your taxes for the high school team. That's correct. And that, yes, it is a privilege, not a right. But you can't just say they can go to outside programs because they cost so much money these days. That Well, that is true. And obviously there are certainly areas where they may not be a availability for travel programs. But for the most part, travel teams have become 
pretty much uh, universal around the country. And you make a good point that, yes, they do cost money. So if you're paying, if you're in a school district and you're paying your school taxes, well, why now do I have to pay extra money out of my pocket to have my kid play in a travel team? Well, the problem is that your kid didn't make the, the varsity team. And that may be one of the consequences, uh, unfortunately, that, well, you know, you're going to have, if a kid wants to keep playing that sport uh, as a junior or senior, they'll have to go outside and, and find a way uh, to find some extra cash in their pockets or mom and dad's pockets to pay for that travel team. But that is, that is the reality. As far as your point about taking it all the way around, which is interesting, Kathy, and that has to do with the fact with yes, there are kids who are so super talented uh, in the estimation of the varsity coach that where they're in eighth grade, uh, that they are, they say, yeah, we're actually better as an eighth or ninth grader, and we're better than the kids who are currently on the varsity as juniors or seniors. This happens a lot, for example, in uh, in, in girls basketball, and you sort of say, well, is that really fair? to take a kid who's in eighth or ninth grade, put them on the varsity, which means that some kid who's a junior or senior gets basically cut from the team. Yeah, that's, that is a, a reality. It's gone on for a long time. The, most of the states give certain uh, very rigorous tests for kids in eighth grade to be able to pass to play on the varsity level. Uh, is it fair to the older kids who get cut? Well, in a way it's not. But then again, at the varsity level, the varsity level, this is all about the best players play. And if the kid's projecting to be a dominant or get a, a, a lion's share of playing time as a varsity player, then the coach is probably uh, justified in making that move. It doesn't work if the kid's a freshman or, or, or an eighth grader and is just on the bench uh, because obviously that doesn't – why is the kid on the bench if he or she could be playing on the JV team and getting some quantity playing time? But – this, is a, this has been an ongoing debate for a long, long time. And Kathy, thank you for bringing that point up. I appreciate it. And, and, you know, again, this is the other direction where a kid who's a junior getting cut from a team and then being told, no, you can't go backwards. You can't go back and play at JV again, which resulted in, in this federal lawsuit. Okay, let me take a quick time out. When I come back, we will continue talking about this topic at one 337 And uh, speaking of football, don't forget at 9 o'clock this morning, uh, it's Malusis and Deal, Football Sunday, and obviously they'll be talking uh, about the Giants and Jets. Uh, both those teams have big games this afternoon. Uh, a couple of quick notes. I want to remind you that uh, my book, Secrets of Sports Psychology Revealed, continues to receive uh, really just excellent reviews. It was very, very gratifying to me. Uh, it's basically people really like it's uh, very prescriptive advice when it comes to the mental side of sports. Uh, in fact, in early December, I'm going to be doing a presentation on sports psychology over in Farallon, New Jersey. And in addition to my talk, uh, there'll be books available for sale there. And again, more details to come on this uh, as we get closer to December. But in a couple of weeks, there's an important social media symposium being held at Montclair State University's uh, School of Communications and Media. That's going to be on October 24th at 7 p.m., we're calling this presentation The Post Game, and it's a hands-on analysis of what all coaches and parents and athletes need to know as we all cope with this unprecedented blizzard of social media concerns. And uh, I'll be hosting a, a distinguished group of panelists, uh, including uh, former NFL star Roman Oban, who's now the NFL's director of youth and high school football. 
Uh, Courtney Cunningham, the associate head coach at Montclair's nationally ranked women's basketball team. Uh, Vito Chiravaletti, uh, the highly regarded athletic director at Christian Brothers Academy in Lincroft, New Jersey, and who was also, Vito was a top college and pro baseball player in the Blue Jays organization. And also University of Missouri law professor Doug Abrams will be joining in as well. Uh, admission to this event is free thanks to uh, the generosity of Investors Bank, uh, the New Jersey State Interscholastic Athletic Association, and Montclair State. Again, friends, this is going to be uh, an essential and a terrific seminar. It's October 24th, 7 p.m. at Montclair State. I hope you can make it. It's all about social media, the post game. Okay, let's get back to our discussion this morning about kids making or not making a school team. Uh, and we're taking your calls, of course, at 1-877-337-6666. Let's, uh, let's move to, um, let's go to Andy in Bayside. Andy, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning, Rick. Uh, I've been uh, an amateur coach, uh, a volunteer coach for over 30 years. Uh-huh. And, and I know it's always uh, a numbers game sometimes with teams. But in regard to, to this coach, uh, stating that no, jun- no juniors would be on the junior varsity. Correct. And it makes no sense. He set himself up because he could have had a junior kid that was really good, inspirational to help the sophomores and the freshmen as, you know, show them the ropes because he's been through it and, and really be a, a positive force. But instead, he put himself in a really not an awkward position, but he, he just, to me, he sold out because parents were complaining. Parents always complain. <laughs> and over the years, they've complained more and more and more. I've seen it. And while I don't agree with the lawsuit, I think the, the coach and the school board really set themselves up for, for problems. And, well, Andy, and, and you know, you, you, you bring an interesting perspective on this, uh, you know, and thinking this through, okay, well, maybe... Maybe a more rational or a solution would have been for the, the coach to have gone to this boy, knowing the kid loves the sport, and say to him, look, um, I, I don't think it's fair to put you back on the JV, uh, knowing you probably are going to have limited playing time because um, we're going to try to develop the freshmen and sophomores who have you know, comparable talent to what you have. But maybe we'd like to at least tap into your experience and passion. Would you consider being like a volunteer coach on the JV level, uh, something like that, which at least help the kid think about his his career after his his uh, his soccer playing days are over. That's something. Because sure. I, I hear you saying about the coach, you know, sort of setting himself up here for failure. But you know, at, at some point, I do think Andy that that coaches are allowed. I mean, their job is to make the tough calls. Remember, he's keeping twenty four kids on the varsity. That's a lot of kids on a, on a varsity soccer team. Twenty four, right? Mm-hmm. So I got you. Yeah, I I, I hear what you're saying, and uh, again, it's it's uh, yeah, well, the point is, Andy. Thank you for the call. I do agree with you that that uh, the parents, uh, you know, they reacted too 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 sharply, and the coach may have made some mistakes here about how he played how he played this out. Andy, thanks again. Let's go on to uh, let's go to Dave in in uh, in New York. Dave, good morning. You're on the fan. Yes. Good morning. How are you? Good, Dave. What do you think about this lawsuit? Um, I jumped in a little bit later in the, uh, the conversation. I guess he, he's the lawsuit is against because his kid couldn't play, right? Yeah, the kid was told that uh, you know the, the parents were stunned when the kid got cut from the varsity as a junior, not as a freshman or sophomore. As a junior, was told, "No, you can't go back and play JV again because that's not fair to the kids on the way up." Yeah, well, that's all wrong. 
But the underlying thing in all of this is there's a lot of political nonsense behind the scenes between the parents, I'll even say the coaches, yeah. that get persuaded. It's not necessarily the kid who's got the best game. You know, we grew up on a travel league with our child, yeah, and there was a complete political disaster. But ultimately, we received several hundred recruits from all Division One powerhouses, and if we had kept her in the travel, I mean, in the uh, team sport, um, that never would have happened. So we got her into an individual individual sport. Yeah, and if your kid can play an individual sport like track or whatnot. Yeah. Move them over. Yeah. Move them over. Because <laughs> then they can't play games. Dave, really? I, I hear you loud and clear on that, and that is one of the great attractions uh, uh, about this. Uh, you know, because honestly, you know, the fact is, when you get individual sports like track and field or like swimming uh, or golf or sports like that, what happens is, well, it's hard for anybody to play politics because uh, the numbers are the numbers. It's all very quantifiable. Either you're the fastest swimmer or you're the fastest runner. Uh, that's how it is. It's different, obviously, when you have situations where it's more of a subjective evaluation. And that's why, you know, that's why track and field, for example, it's one of the reasons, not the only reason, why, why it's, it's still the most popular sport uh, in high school today. Let's go up to Connecticut. Rob has been waiting patiently. Rob, good morning. You're on the fan. Uh, good morning, Rick. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Um, I want to take a, uh, a look at the school administration. Yes. Because I, I want to say I coached for years, um, and I was lucky enough to have a supportive administration. Because when this parent, you know, uh, threatened a lawsuit, it would have been very easy for administration to come down on the coach and say, we don't want any part of this, work out an agreement with, uh, with the kid and the family. But I want to give kudos to the, either the AD or the principal or the district for backing their coach um, with money. You know, it's going to cost yes, money to defend yes, yes. They backed the coach up, which obviously, you know, sets the precedent in that district that the coach has final say and the district will back them up. Well, you know, Rob, the fact is, uh, you know, this is not the first time there's been a lawsuit uh, by, uh, you know, angry parents. Uh, and I think it's fair to say that uh, any high school coach these days, any state in the nation, if they if they don't feel they have their back uh, or the administration, the athletic director, the school board, if they don't back up their coaches, then they'll have a very, very hard time getting anybody to work as a coach in that school district because, I mean, who wants to work for a situation where you might be, as a coach, uh, you know, basically left out uh, hung to dry because, you know, you, you're just not going to get any support. So you have the school – realizes that, yeah, this is a tricky situation. They don't want to have to spend money, as you point out, on lawsuits defending themselves. But, you know, coaches do expect that they're going to say, yeah, you got to help me, you got to back me up on these kind of things. So, yes, to your point, the school did this, and as it turned out, the the, the school district won this case because the judge said, no, we're not, we're not going to get involved in determining who makes a high school varsity soccer team. Thanks, Rick. Thanks, Rob. Appreciate the call. Let's uh, let's go out to Anthony in uh, in Pennsylvania. Anthony, uh, you there? Yeah, I'm here, Rick. How you doing? Good. What what do you think about the situation? So, well, yeah, I coached baseball for 15 years, adolescent level. I think actually, I, I agree with the coach. I'm taking a different stance. Yeah, I probably would have not done it like in real time. Maybe they should have discussed it and had the kid. Maybe wait to have that kid graduate. But in our school system, we do have a few sports where juniors. They don't make the varsity by junior year. They don't play JV. They're done. Yep. 
So maybe they could have waited a couple of years and instituted this. The other point I wanted to make, Rick, real quick is, but in terms of parents, you know, we've all had our households coaching with them. I think what I used to talk to them, my parents is, you know what, go out and take up a sport right now while your kid's playing. Go play softball or go bowling or get in a bowling league or something, and you can see how rough this is on kids. You know, the pressure that's on them, the parents might be able to relate a little bit better to what's going on. Um, so that's my point. I appreciate you taking my call. Anthony, thank you. Uh, you know, and, and I, 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 I do think that... The one thing we want, uh, well, basically what we want to have happen here, of course, is for for people to take a step back and and, and really get a sense, okay, let's think about the fallout uh, of what this all means. In other words, if you're the high school varsity coach and you see a kid who obviously just, you know, you get a sense that he's going to be totally uh, heartbroken not making the varsity. And we know all the kids who try out are going to be disappointed if they, if they get cut from the team. But try to figure out, is there an alternative way? That's why I mentioned maybe you go to the kid and say, look, I appreciate your passion for the sport, but maybe you might be better suited to be a, a volunteer coach on the JV team uh, so that at least you're still around the sport and you just don't walk away from the sport totally dejected. That's something to be considered. Uh, as far as the, the parents are concerned, you know, rather than just have the knee-jerk reaction and say, well, I'm just going to file a lawsuit because uh, the, the, that coach isn't going to get away with this nonsense, that's not the right approach either. You really want to have sort of a cooling off period. And, yeah, there should be some civil conversation and some talk about this. Because at the end of the day, what the parents want and what the coach wants, ideally, is what's right for the kid, what's best for the youngster, because it's the youngster who basically is in the, caught in the middle of this. And that's what I think is, is essential to bear in mind. All right, let me take a time out. I'll be back with more. Stay with me. Friend, just one other thought about the situation with this kid playing soccer, getting cut. You know, sometimes when a high school, you know, has a lot of talented players in their program, rather than just, uh, you know, going through the cut situation, sometimes a school will actually put forth two varsity teams from the same school, uh, two, two varsity teams uh, of equal ability, because that basically opens the door uh, for a lot more kids to play and continue in the program. You know, I know I know. a few years ago when the girls' parochial high school Ursuline in New Rochelle, they had a most dominant basketball team, and they had an overflow of just uh, terrific players. So the school decided to offer two varsity teams uh, in which both, both these teams were of equal ability, and they both played in the same competitive league against other high schools. Uh, and I know other schools have done the same in, in, the, in years past. And it's just, yes, I know, of course, it costs more money, you know, for the school. It costs more money in terms of coaches and so on, travel, all that stuff. But the fact is, if it allows the more kids to play, it's something that uh, it might be considered as well. Because, as I said, if, if this kid ultimately has been able to make the varsity team uh, out in St. Louis on this high school soccer team, this lawsuit probably would not have taken place. As to the other points about, as I said before, the coaches taking a step back, thinking this through, along with the parents, you know, we just have to get to the point where we just got to knock away these these uh, frivolous lawsuits because it doesn't serve anybody well. Okay, that's going to do it for me in this edition of the Sports Edge. My thanks this morning to Pete Kennedy. Stick around for Football Sunday. That's up next. I'll see you next week right here on the Sports Edge. 
Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.